So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the second live podcast webinar, where today I'm delighted to be joined by Liam Thomas, Matt Collingwood, and Kalpesh Baxi. Um, before, very quickly, before we go into um, the chaps, just introducing themselves to you all, um, two things. So firstly, a huge part of today is going to be all about q and I, I want to make sure that you get your questions answered. And I know a lot of you have submitted questions um, to register. So I've got loads of those up and ready to ask these guys. But as these guys are speaking, please feel free to submit questions. So it should be to the right of you. You should see a, a Q&A panel to the right. And you can very easily, where it says ask a question, just type in there um, and ask it and submit it. And I'll make sure that these guys can answer it. And if there's any questions that you really like, um, then you can also click um, upvote on, on the questions that you want to make sure get answered. Um, and then the final thing, um, all of you should know that th this podcast is sponsored, supported by Hunted. And Hunted are really trying to do their utmost um, in, in challenging times. And they've recently put together a, a survey that's completely dedicated to business owners in recruitment um, to assess and gather information on how businesses are, are getting through this tough period. So they've split into different segments like impact on the market, evolving a people strategy, remote working infrastructure. And I'm going to follow up with everyone and make sure everyone gets that because the more people that um, obviously submit that, the, the more information they can share that could hopefully benefit all of us. Um, so before I start asking you guys some questions, why don't we start with introduction? Liam, if you go first, if you could just introduce yourself to everyone um, and then we can uh, get, get started. So Liam Thomas, co-founder at uh, Highfield Professional Solutions, been in the recruitment industry since 2002, uh, running Highfield for the last uh, 13 years. Uh, we specialise in the built environment space, predominantly design uh, projects around the world. That's us, pretty much. Thank you, Liam. And Matt? Afternoon all, uh, Matt Collingwood. I started my recruitment journey back in 1997, uh, spent 17 years with uh, one of the largest corporates globally before launching VQ in, um, in 2014. Uh, so we've got two offices, Southampton and Birmingham, focusing on uh, on IT. When I'm not doing the the, the day job with um, with running VQ, I um, I, uh, I I'm a member of Canaries, which is a group for uh, professional uh, IT recruiters in um, in uh, in Birmingham. We'll take a bit more about that in a bit. Cool, nice. And Kalpesh. Hi everyone. So my name is Kalpesh Banksy. Um, like Matt, I joined. I started off in recruitment in 1997 working for S3. Um, 
so I've done pretty much every market. I'm a permanent contract guy. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can add some variety on the panel to help you guys out. Um, and look, what I'm grateful about the podcast today for is it's our chance to help you guys out uh, and to help each other in this uncertain time. Cool. Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, honestly, a pleasure having you. So I think safe to say... All of you combined have worked in recruitment way longer than I've been alive. <laughs> so um, I think, look, I think no, no one has, I mean, a lot of the workforce would definitely not have experienced sort of the adversity and, and sort of challenges we're going through right now. Um, but w- where I wanted to start with you guys is sort of besides the current situation and climate today, like what's been sort of the most challenging time for you guys as recruitment business owners or working at S3 and, and how did you get through it? One, feel free, one of you to go. Shall I pick that one up? Yeah, go on, Liam. Okay, so uh, obviously, you know, probably what most people are thinking about credit crunch in 2008. We were quite fortunate because it was just me and my business partner, Sam, at that time. We'd literally just started to take people on. So uh, you started your business in 08? Um, well, it, a year before, but, you know, but by the time we really got going, you know, we, we'd made some good headway. And then uh, I think it was kind of June, July in the summer of 2008 when it really hit when uh, Lehman Brothers went down. Okay. Uh, for our sector, working in just UK kind of built environment then, it was like somebody turned off a tap. So it was uh, quite scary for two young, relatively inexperienced contract recruitment consultants at that time. Uh, we thought we were very good at our jobs and we were good at filling jobs, but we weren't necessarily the best business owners in the world. So it was a good time for us to learn and kind of, you know, car teeth really in dealing with problems, you know, similar to that we're going through at the moment. Um, so, so what, so how, how do you feel that you got through that then, that, that difficult period? Well, the first thing that happens is you kind of go into shock. You're like, wow, this hasn't happened before. What should yeah. we do? And then you just need to sort of sit down and you can't keep thinking the way you've always thought. So it's about thinking about new strategies and new ways. How are you going to generate income? Innovation. Exactly. You just can't keep doing the same thing. And, you know, when the markets change, expect the same results. You've got to think outside the box. And for us, it was looking globally. And uh, we moved a lot of our business to to Asia and the Middle East and uh, ended up doubling our turnover throughout the last recession. So that that worked well for us. Thinking out of the box. Yeah, definitely. You've just got to change, really. You can't keep thinking about the same thing. Sit down. Get, go somewhere quiet, get you know some of your senior people around you and uh, have a bit of a brainstorm. Hopefully people have got quiet places in their homes <laughs> right now. Um, Matt, what about you? What, what's been the toughest time for you and, and how, how did you get through it, did you say? I suppose, you know, the, the toughest time is one of the biggest challenges and, and this is whether, you know, you're, when we started out, when we were at our, our highest growth and, and even today it's just around cash flow. Yeah. So it's just being on top and knowing uh, what you know your cash cash flow for, forecasts, um, being on top of chasing any age debt. Looking back at kind of, and this is going back two thousand recession, the two thousand eight two thousand and ten double dip recession, where we had bad debt, so we had companies that went bust, ceased trading. You you can't recover that debt. Usually, when the creditors go in, there's very little that the administrators yeah. go in. There's, there's very little for the for the creditors, and the fact is businesses are going to go bust or they are going to have cash flow issues and that's going to affect the, the whole supply chain. So one of the things that, that we've been doing very, very closely is um, is working with our customers. Um, we've been working with suppliers around uh, payment terms, et cetera. 
um, just so we can, you know, we, we've got the cash flow and the, the bills are um, bills are paid, etc. But I, I think that those are problems that a startups going to experience just in terms of that, that cash flow, or even when businesses are going through super growth. Um, because a lot of the time you might be growing, you might be doing really well, but when your money's tied up in someone else's bank accounts, um, it, it can restrict your growth. Okay. And Kalpash, what about for you? What obviously working at S3 for a good number of years, what what were some of the most challenging times for you before this period and how how did you get through it? So so I've got I'm like Matt and um, Liam, I, I've been through um two two downturns, two upturns. So I did the post Y2K 9-11 crash, which just completely came overnight. Uh, and then obviously post Lehman Brothers. And look, the key thing for me, so I've worked in a private company and I've worked in a public company, you know, in terms of both of those um, areas. And I think the cash flow, absolutely. I think, you know, Liam's point about thinking outside the box, absolutely. The biggest thing for me was about making sure you do and adapt. So the market required, the rule book that you would have had in a boom market will not be fit for today. So the key thing for today is you've got to adapt what you do as a business. You've got to make sure your people know where you're going with a plan. And I think the most important thing I'd say to everyone is, look, you know, there are still people buying out there. There will still people actually um, taking on their services, but you've just got to find a way to connect with them and make sure they see the value you can offer. Okay. Interesting. So just just before I, I start going through the que- a lot of questions that people submitted then, just to sort of set the scene and to give everyone context of sort of where you guys are today. So <clears throat> Liam, let's just start with you again. So right now today, obviously as a business, um, over the last sort of couple of weeks, what have, like, what have they looked like and what, where's your sort of business at today? Just to set the scene for everyone, just to give them a bit of context as the types of businesses that you run. So yeah. <clears throat> So, so we're based in uh, based in Hampshire, uh, single site agency, uh, about 40 of us in there. And uh, it's been quite good. So, you know, one of the benefits of being a single site is just the key for us is just been com- keeping that communication on point. Really, yeah. really important. You know, everyone's worried at the moment. So the last few weeks have just really, for me, been putting an arm around everyone. You know, everyone's panicking at the moment. They want some reassurance. So it's just been that communication has been key for the last couple of weeks, definitely. And what what's been what's been the most difficult decision you've had to make so far? Then probably well, the nervousness of looking at the cash flow, like Matt says. You know, you think yeah. you, you think you're in a good position, but until you really see it on paper, uh, you know, it's it's you've got to base all your decisions on that really. So we haven't had to make any too. Luckily, we haven't had to make too many tough decisions. Probably the hardest thing for me is. Uh, been telling my kids we're not going to Disneyland, so that was the toughest <laughs> thing I had to do at the moment. So, um, and I think, yeah, no, so I was just gonna, um, sorry to jump in there, but um, we were speaking about this before we went live, and Chris just put there. I know that we were talking about that you're sort of you've got a cash flow plan of six months, haven't you? I just wanted to make yeah. sure, that, yeah, yeah, we, we've uh, we've sort of stripped the cash flow and the income right back to worst case scenario. You know, forecasted for six months, and you okay. know it doesn't look, doesn't look great, but uh, yeah, it's 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 comfortable. So it's, that's yeah. good news. You, you forecasted cash flow for wise six months, and then obviously you're going to constantly evaluate that. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Matt, what about you? What what does today look like with your business? Um, you you might remember when we we did our podcast together. One of the things that I spoke about was our industry. When recruiters tend to get together, certainly recruiting leaders and owners, the numbers, the metrics they talk about, are the size of their businesses. By yeah. the number of staff. Um, and the, the phrase I use at the time is staff numbers are often vanity. 
Um, the sanity yeah. really is it, it's the bottom line. And I think that this is a great example of, of what high numbers of, of staff can do to a business. We kept VQ pretty lean. So there's only 22 of us. And okay. when COVID's finished, there'll be 22 of us. Um, I, I kind of wanted to make a very clear message across the business that we put our arms around everyone. We're going to back them. We, we haven't got rid of anyone. We haven't uh, forlorn anyone. Um, okay. There's been no reduction of salaries or anything like that. We have asked the guys to compromise a little bit, perhaps with their with their holiday, um, just because we don't necessarily think there's a full requirement there for, for people working five days a week. But we're in a good shape, just like you know what Liam and, and Cal Pusher said. We've done a, a cash flow forecast for for six months. So yeah, you've um, given yourself six months as well. It's, or it's like a rolling, to, yeah, yeah, it's a rolling six months. So in a month's time, there'll be six months, and a month after that, it'll be um, it'll be six months. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we're looking at as well, just um, just in terms of wh- where we're at today, I think it's really important that we can be we can be agile and we know exactly where our business is. So we're heavy on contract. Ninety uh, percent okay. of our business is contract. So we're getting uh, regular uh, timesheet reports, so we can look at our contractors and know that they're on site. It's one thing thinking you might have a hundred contractors, but if only twenty of those guys are working, it's quickly going to catch up catch up with you, you know, in, in terms of your cash flow. Okay, so you've been keeping an eye on that on how yeah how many okay that's interesting and then and then just to frame that so Liam as well your business what's the split in contract and perm just for everyone's context at the moment it's probably closer to fifty fifty but yeah we're aiming for it to be seventy thirty in favour of uh, in favour of contract contract so, okay cool yeah. and then Kalpesh, I know that you've been obviously um left s3 in december but you you've been really active in having conversations offering help so what what have been the conversations that you've been having with different business owners and and sort of what's been the common themes that you've heard from people as to what today looks like for them and what they're currently thinking about so my my conversations have been completely varied and and i i tend to i've spoken to organizations from nought to five people right the way through to 100 100 people plus companies and i think and I want to pick up on something that Matt talked about, vanity and sanity. Right? Yeah. Um, right now, look, the number one thing is if you're a leader, it's time to lead. And that's probably okay. the starting point. I have a conversation with anyone. You know, the world doesn't need more directors and managers sitting in a room somewhere or not talking to anyone. If you are a leader of a business and a recruitment business specifically, it is time to lead. And leadership to me means two things. One, you have to get in front of your customers and talk to your customers. Don't leave it to your salespeople. They need to, okay. need to know you're going in the battle with them as well. And the second thing is you have to make sure you're making the right decisions for the business. Uh, and part of being a leader is sometimes you've got to make the unpopular ones as well, right? So the two things I tell everyone is agility and responsiveness. You need to know how you can move and what you can respond to. Yeah. You need to make sure you've got a plan. And I'll, I'll caveat that with a, a clear plan. Make sure you communicate it and you get the right people involved. And the thing I've learned, and I'm not just talking about, you know, markets up and down. The thing I've learned in general crisis situations in my life, work and non-work, is some people thrive in a crisis. And it might be the people you least expect to. So in your teams and in your squad, look at those people that you've got that you think, you know what, they might be the most junior person or by time served or billings or whatever it might be. But they might be able to add the most value to you right now because they've got the right metal and the right outlook to help them. Yeah. Um, and the final one is cash burn. And I know Matt's talked about it, Liam's talked about it. You've got to know your numbers. Right? Yeah. You cannot outsource knowing the numbers today. And I was talking to an organization last week. Every day they have a cash position report coming out. 
right? Mm. And I, I talk, I call about the call it the doomsday scenario. The doomsday scenario is no one buys any more from you, no one spends any more money with you. What you does need that to mean? Know how long you've got yeah, to yeah. run out of money? Then you also need to know what levers you've got to impact that. Okay. Cool. So, um, all right. So let, let, let's sort of segue into some of the questions that people um, have. So I think we're, what you're just saying about leading um, uh, and all of that, Kalpesh. So I think, um, and we we're talking about this before we went live, the the working from home, right? So I think a lot of people now, and obviously look, Liam, you're at home, Matt, you're at home. You're now having to lead away from your typical home, right? Which is your office um, and, and your culture and your environment. So just just to set, and I think this this then goes into like Mike's question on how to onboard people, um, like so for you guys, how how are you now communicating with your business? Like what what have you set up, and what does a typical day look like for you guys in running your business to making sure that you're you're leading from your home? Should I go first then? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it, it's it's fair to say I think we come from a generation where. As recruiters, we were in at 7.30. I think if we were left before 7.30 in an evening, you could be getting the death stare from the boss. But th- <laughs> things things have changed. One of the things that we've been slow to adapt to is, is home working. Um, and and okay. this is this has really opened my eyes. I think one of the key things in order for it to work, and what managers have got to have is just have complete trust in their staff, firstly. Yeah. Um, and I have massive trust in those guys. And to be fair to them, we've only been home working for this week, but... Um, the results are there, and it, it, it will be something that we'll be considering as doing something longer term when COVID 19 COVID-19 is long gone. Um, one of the things we are doing, and this is just to, to kind of keep that rapport going and communication, is we're, we're having a huddle at 8.30 every morning. We have one in the middle of the day. We have one at the end of the day. Where okay. The guys get onto Odro. So those that, that aren't aware, it's a video platform. You get multiple people on there. You can share screens. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant for for interviewing um, as, as well as bringing all your all your colleagues together. So it's having that regular uh, regular comms, um, keeping those guys positive throughout that, keeping the the, the message consistent uh, across the offices. Just in terms of um, in terms of what we're doing, they don't know this yet, but I want to sprinkle in a bit of fun with it. I've just arranged for a yeah. personal trainer. Really? Session with everyone. So those that are listening, you've got some good news coming your way. So that's, that's probably not something we'd normally be able to do because you know to get home and get changed all the rest of it. But yeah, we can do that on the on the lunch. Yeah. Break. So so you've got three touch points: morning, in the middle of the day, later in the day, and then also now you're like, right, how can we have fun with this and try and yeah breed that sort of team morale with, with things like that. Um, Liam, what are you doing? How are you communicating to your staff? Because how? Because as you said, you have circa forty staff. Like, how are you ensuring that? you're communicating to these people yeah i think that's a key word as well communication it's that's the bit for me personally because you know i don't sit in an office i'm sitting with everyone else and uh, i do find it hard being isolated at home so pretty much exactly what matt said you know make sure you're on the video calls with everyone keeping those going but uh, we found slack absolutely brilliant for anyone who's not using it it's yeah, such, a good. Good, such yeah. a good tool yeah. For me, it's making sure, you know, it's because it's not business as usual at the moment. You know, you need to try and inject a bit of fun in it when you're all working remotely. So any positive news you get, make sure you're shouting about it, even if it's just qualifying a really good vacancy, getting some good CVs over interviews or whatever. Share share that positivity. Because, Celebrate those wins. Yeah, definitely, because everyone will bounce off that and uh, gives you something to smile about when we're all sat at home. Yeah. So, um so with this then, obviously a lot of people having to use video, 
Odro, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, whatever it may be. <clears throat> like, so let let let. I'd love to get your thoughts on Mike Amos's. Uh, question i don't know if any of you guys have come up against this right so a lot of yeah. people are now having to do interviews over video doing it remotely um and and that's but the, the part that's going to be difficult for businesses is they've never had to, like if you guys took on a new recruiter tomorrow that you're going to have to do that from yeah from home and you're going to have to onboard them remotely so how how can you how have you gone about or how have you heard your consultants deal with the sort of com- combat of how are we going to get these people onboarded to our business when we're on lockdown and they can't come into the office, meet the guys? Like, what have you heard from, if you've heard it directly from clients or from some of your consultants that have got on the phones, how, how are clients onboarding people and how people approach that? We've um, we've onboarded two guys this week. So um, okay. we've got a, a client in the finance sector um, and we've arranged for laptops to, to be sent out to these guys. Um, we, we, we can get them on board and get them started. Um, so it, it is still possible. Um, I don't think every client's going to do that. I think the, the smart ones will want to get a competitive edge at the moment. So why would you not want to uh, be interviewing these guys and, and, and locking them down now when yeah. more clients are, are putting things on ice? But have you done that before, Matt? So like, how have you approached? Because I'm sure that isn't you haven't had to onboard people remotely. So how have you? Yeah. What have, yeah? How have you? What have you actually done to ensure that that happens? We've we've actually never needed to to to, to do. We've never been in this situation yeah. before. Um, of course. So, so it is pretty new. I mean, there's there's a massive shortage of hardware at the moment. So really, you, you, you've got to your clients are going to be able to find a hardware supplier, or you've got to be able to do that. Get those machines all imaged and and, and get them sent out. But fortunately, at the moment, those businesses are still operating, and the delivery guys are still dropping kits off. So. I think at the moment it is still a possibility. Again, you know, coming back to, to you know, what Liam said, I think both of our businesses are, are contract-led. So these guys probably don't need as, as big an induction as, yeah. as what some of the, the perm staff might need. Fair enough. And Liam, have, you, what, have, have any of your consultants come up, like, come up against that? Or Yeah, so we, you know, part of the, uh, the objectives, you know, we're setting guys slightly different KPIs at the moment when they're speaking to people. You know, one of the things we're talking about is not, you know, what jobs can we fill, but how can we help you? And I think video interviewing okay. is more, uh, is pretty common now. So a lot of people have been doing that anyway. So it's not that unfamiliar for people. You know, really good question for Mike. It is the onboarding part that people are yeah. struggling with. So when we realized that, we actually put a bit of content out on a guide on how to remotely onboard people. Okay. So, yeah, we've been sharing that with our clients and that's been quite helpful because there's some really good tech out there at the moment. You know, there's stuff like uh, Charlie HR, which is really good software for onboarding people. You can do it all remotely and uh, it's taking advantages of the the tools that we've got now in this uh, this digital age and making sure our clients are all aware of them, really. Yeah, and I think... um... Obviously, I think from a lot of conversations I've had, generally that onboarding piece is genuine, generally an opportunity as a recruitment business to add like significant value on that and and be involved and heavily involved on onboarding these new people. Um, so on on that note, then I think you just mentioned there, Liam. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts as well, Kalpesh. Like a lot of people when they were submitting questions said, like w- like how do we approach BD right now? Like what with with the current with what's going on right now? What like how should people be take like approaching business development? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Feel free, someone to jump in. Get Calpesh. Calpesh, what do you think? If I if I give you the, I mean, look, again, this is the conversations I'm having with different different people. I think look, the first thing is you have to accept what's going on in the world, and people will be feeling 
at different points of emotions when, you, when you're trying to get through to them. But I think you can still put calls in. And, and my, my typical starting point would be start with your warm list, start with the people that buy from you, start with the people you've engaged with. Don't start with the cold calls. Um, but also think about how you're going to connect with them as well, because not everyone wants to talk on the telephone right now. You know, we've just been talking about how to use technology. So is it Slack? Is it Google Hangouts? Is it is it interview you can get on in terms of a domain or Audra, et cetera? But I think you can still put calls in and you can still have conversations. And I, I know, again, talking to a, a company this morning, there's a lot of people now getting corona fatigue. You know, we're, we're, we're yeah. a week and a half, two weeks into this, right? People are bored. They're bored about here talking about it. So they're looking for a bit of escapism as well. Put the calls in, but just be mindful of the person you're talking to. Be clear about why you're calling them up. And look, and also just, you know, wear a real thick skin. If people don't want to talk to you right now, don't take it personally. Come back to it and then walk away and come make put a call back in for the future. But you there are different ways of connecting with people. It's not just telephone. Yeah. yeah. There's enough online events going on. There's things like this are going on in a number of different forums right now. Yeah. Um, but I think you can still do it. And look, and from my own personal experience, you know, my best times have actually been in hard markets. Okay. Right? The difference with this market as opposed to 2008, 2009, it's not man-made and everyone is going through it. <clears throat> so you have to be respectful and mindful of where people are in, and, the, and the emotional journey they're on at the moment. So, so Peter, but you, you like, you'd like to think people would welcome a conversation that isn't just focused on coronavirus, but you've got to be empathetic, yeah. be mindful, and sort of, yeah, see how you can help. What, what about you guys, Liam and Matt? Like, what are you saying to your guys? How important is business development right now, and like, what's what, how they're approaching it? I think to cut, yeah, you wouldn't even necessarily term it business development at the moment. It's keeping okay. in contact with your clients and just speaking to them. The, you know, the objective at the moment isn't just sales. Don't get me wrong, filling jobs is brilliant at the moment, and there are jobs out there. But you know, empathy is a great word. Compassion is a great word. That's what we've been talking about in the office. And it's it's like Kalpesh says, everyone's going through the same problems at the moment. So it's understanding those and showing empathy. And yeah. if you can help, if you can help them out with something like, you know. Uh, a uh, remote onboarding plan and how to do it, then, you know, they're going to remember you when they do need those jobs filling in the future. You know, they're going to be the ones that remember you for helping them when it, times were tough. Okay. Matt, anything to add to that or just, um, yeah? What's... Yeah, I think from the, the BD side, it's just setting the right sort of expectations. I got Russell Monday. I don't know if you know him. He's a coach, trainer. He's done a bit of work um, with a few of my guys recently. And rather than setting the expectation of you've got to go and pick up jobs and all the rest yeah. of it, and that is their mindset. I've got to get a job. I'm going to get the pressure off at the moment. We're setting the expectation more around building those save lists, um, okay. lead generation, finding out where these guys have gone, who they work for. So the, the, the real basics. So BD doesn't necessarily mean the, the KPI pulling a requirement. It, it could be a lot more. And I think we, we need to remove any of the, we can't be setting these guys. We're setting an expectation. They all should be going out pulling jobs because they won't deliver on that. And it's, it's, it makes okay. their job very negative. Yeah. So what? So with that then, what should, what should the anyone that's obviously watching that, is managing the team remotely right now is being the leader what 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 are you guys emphasizing that your guys do so you just mentioned it a bit there matt in terms of save lists and leads etc but like what for anyone again we haven't been through this a lot of people haven't had to remote, um, manage their team remotely what should what are you guys emphasizing or what what kpis in this climate should your guys are you making sure your guys focus on if it's not the typical things obviously 
So on the contract market, you know, we've got them around at the moment speaking to every single contractor we have. Uh, okay. Really, really focusing down and doubling down on that contractor care, really. Uh, making sure they're all okay, you know, if they've got any queries. You know, if some of them are on temporary layoffs, just making sure they've got all the good advice, you know. Just looking after them, advising them. Some of them aren't aware about mortgage payments and the holidays you can take and things like that. So it's not all about sell, sell, sell at the moment. It's about looking after your contractors and your clients as well at this time. So obviously, you know, it's important that we get as much of the contractor book working as we possibly can at the moment. So, you know, making sure those figures are all kind of up to date as well. So you know what's going to be coming in every week on the, the contractor payroll side. Okay. So you're just looking at just as many touch points as possible with their existing network and relationships. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What about you, Matt? What thing, and I know you're just talking a bit about how, yeah, the change of expectation, which I love, but anything that you're also emphasizing your guys to focus on to ensure they're doing the right activities. Yeah. If we're having sales calls with clients, they just need to be educated, educate calls. Yeah. And see the point in talking to clients about when they're next going to be hiring, but we can have conversations with them about how they're getting their workforce mobile, what's their business continuity plan, what's a disaster recovery, what are they going to do in the event that 30% of their IT department are going to be off. And, and those are the, the, the opportunities where we can backfill those pretty quick, quick, quickly with contractors. We, we have seen um, firms taking a lot of contractors on recently simply to do those roles and get their people mobile and to, to protect their business in answer to your question, the other, the other thing really just to target is just to get more out of out of, um, out of candidates. And as mm. Liam says, contractors, what an amazing opportunity that we've got at the moment to get through to these people when they're all at home. Yeah. Their boss isn't around. They can take these calls. Um, and probably a lot of the time, they're, they're probably welcome a, a, a bit of interaction. You know, as, as you know, all of us are working from home at the moment, one of our partners around or families, but it's going to be a little bit lonely. And we're only at we, uh, day two for some of us. So, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> great, great opportunity for, for our recruiters to, to have those have those conversations. So, I'd say it's, it's educated calls to our clients, stuff that's relevant to them. Okay, um, and just uh, and, and targeting our people to talk to and and get as close as possible to to candidates and contractors. Cool. No, I love that, guys. And I think just and then someone's and I think on on the flip side of this, which you have to do as a leader as a manager. Like someone submitted a question, which I thought was really interesting. So like now with this remotely, like how would you recommend managers, leaders challenge output whilst working from home um, without being a, like a big bother or doing it in a negative way or whatever? Because I think that's also the challenge, isn't it? Like it's great if people do that, but what, I don't know, you've, what if people aren't doing that? Like how can you challenge that? What do you think about that? I think it should be challenged. <laughs> whether or not they're sitting yeah. at home sitting on a beach apparently working in Barbados or, or in the office yeah um you know the, the we set the expectations and and those activity levels should be should be a day to would you say not, just yeah might just, just an arm around someone yeah, yeah yeah so just as you would in the office or in normal just yeah you have to do it in the remotely yeah so I was just going to say one, one of the things I, I guess just to be mindful on, on that is we, you know, we talked earlier about kind of motivating people and, uh, you know, the, the, the whole kind of positivity thing. We're at early stages at the moment. I think as this goes on, it inevitably will do for, for weeks. Yeah. It could even be months. We are, we are going to have some people who are going to be maybe isolated or, or working on the on their own. And there is a, there's a mental health issue here to consider. Definitely. So although the activity levels for some people might drop, it's not because 
they've been lazy. It might just be they're not in the right mind at the moment or the right place. And I think with that, those are the sorts of people that, you know, we, we have a word when we need to, but it, it's understanding that people that might be not in the, in the best place yeah. and, and giving the support they need. Yeah. Liam, what was you going to say? Sorry. I think it's like, you know, like Matt says, really, it's just not assuming anything, make those expectations really crystal clear at the start. But then if people do have a problem with them, you know, make sure you ask the question of why, you know, mm. a lot of people, because they're in a different environment, people are going to struggle for different reasons, be that, you know, mental health or, you know, not liking the isolation or the fact they've got three or four kids running around all day and they can't <laughs> actually do any work. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just understanding it's a different situation for everyone. Again, a bit of empathy, a bit of compassion, and just keep those communication lines open. But, you know, I completely agree with Matt. You've got to make those expectations clear. You know, it's easier to talk to people at the moment. So uh, those activity levels should be on the rise, if anything. So, Yeah, and I, th- I think let, let's definitely – I've got quite a few questions on mental health um and things like that and resilience and and getting through this because it's like for me personally like I, i'm finding it really difficult like definitely i've so my i've moved down to eastbourne um with my girlfriend's family my girlfriend's mum yesterday started showing symptoms so she's now got to self-isolate and i can't leave the house for 14 days and honestly my head fell off last night <laughs> i was just like oh my god so like what are you and, and no doubt a lot of people are going to find it challenging like definitely mentally so like what what, one of the questions was one is is it the manager's responsibility to monitor people's mental well-being I'd like to think it is but like what are you guys doing to ensure that I don't know people feel safe to talk about the mentally the challenging side of this what are you guys doing to make sure that these people are able to talk about or trying to impact that or help with that what comes up for you guys we're fortunate enough that we've got a really amazing uh, like mental health trained professional in the uh, on the team. Really? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, it was a course. He was really passionate about it, and he's he's literally exactly the sort of person you'd want to do that job. So we put him through the course, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's great to uh, great to talk to about anything like that. So everyone knows if we're in the office, we're out of the office. You know, they've always got access to him, and you know, it's still early stages for us all working remotely at the moment. But next week we've got plans to really really roll that out and you know get him assisting people and kind of being proactive with it rather than waiting people to come to him yeah so you're going to make just communicate to everyone that if, if anyone does want to book in time or virtual coffee or whatever they can do that with the person you have internally yeah definitely just being you know and almost you know he, he might not he's probably got enough on his plate at the moment but almost I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him to kind of check in with people individually and just make sure they're doing okay because you know some people do struggle to put their hand up sometimes and they just need that question asked every now and again yeah that's fair enough what about you other Cal Pesh or Matt like what's what are some of the things that either Cal Pesh you're hearing or Matt your mate I know you mentioned the PT session which no doubt is part of this but anything you're doing to ensure that the men like you're doing as much as you can for your guys on the mental side to support them through this um, I, I i think something like this really should be in a business right from the yeah, early days it shouldn't, really, it shouldn't take a situation like this for people to start thinking about it um it just come back to the word we mentioned a couple of times already it's just communication yeah. Um, if, if someone isn't in the right place, they need to raise their hands and we can support them as best we can. I think there's a lot of really good um, consultants and third parties out there. So I love what Liam's done in terms of getting someone in his business to help yeah, with awesome. that. There's, there's external people as well that, that can be used. And I just think the nature of where we find ourselves at the moment doing all this fire, 
um, webcams, etc. A lot of these guys could be booked out for an hour to do um, a level of support or, or coaching, a business business coaches or, or mental health specialists yeah. to help out. So um, I'd, I'd say to anyone, if, if they feel um, that they've got those challenges to raise their hands, I, I think at the, at the same time as well, you know, we've got to think of our own mental health. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of us at our level that are, that are carrying now, not only our, our own livelihoods, but the livelihoods of 20, 50, of 100 staff and, and their families. So I think it's important that we can talk um, and it's good to talk to a to a peer group. Um, so, you know, the we, most recruitment owners are going to be in the same boat. So the, the key bit is I'd start reaching out and talking to as many of those people as yeah. possible. So I, I mentioned earlier, and it's a bit of a plug anyway, but our, our Canaries group, we've got 50 members and we've got our, our WhatsApp group. And I guarantee we get in. 50 odd messages a day from the different yeah. owners that want to share a bit of success they've got, challenge they've got, um, what they've heard, government releases about the grants and stuff like that. Now, we're quite fortunate that we, we've been getting that little group's been going now for, for two and a half years and it, it's a real success. But I think for those that aren't in a group, whether it's TRN or, or APSCO or, or whatever, it's just find another local recruitment owner, reach out. Yeah, reach out. Honest, yeah. I, I said before on my podcast, you get recruiters together and they generally say yeah everything's going well and we're doing amazingly well well this is one of those chances just to be brutally honest about yeah. where, where you're at at the moment if you really want to get that help so, yeah so if you're if you're a business owner right now or a leader feeling alone make sure you you, you reach out to, to people and, and Kalpesh what are you hearing from the people you're speaking to on on helping yeah the conversation you have with people get to help get through this mentally and and the, the challenges there so look, I think you know, Matt's talked about it, Liam's talked about it, right? So number one, um, I'm going to start with the leader. And I yeah. think what Matt's just talked about, and you know, whether it's the Canaries or whoever you've got in your, your world that you go to, as a leader, make sure you have got an outlet in this as well, because your mental health is absolutely critical to be able to be there to support your business. And I think you know, one of the things I'm learning, and I'm, I'm quite lucky at the moment, I'm talking to people in random places about random things and it doesn't have to be someone from recruitment. It could be someone completely random, you know? Um, we, so please make sure you make that time for yourselves. I think if you're a leader, it's critical. The second thing around it is there are so many different experts out there and I'm not going to name check anyone for fear of upsetting anyone, but there are people with recruitment experience that understand what we go through as pressures that can be there to support you. So if you don't have the luxury of Liam, and what he's got with someone internally, go and find someone externally. It's probably one of the best money you will spend right now um, to be able yeah. to get people. And then the final thing I'm going to put out there is, look, this is, I'll go back to the point about being good leaders, right? If you see a change in someone's behavior, and I appreciate it's a little bit harder when you're trying to do it down Slack or interview or Zoom or one of those type of platforms. If someone's gone quiet on you, there's, there's a problem, right? Yeah. If someone all of a sudden is quite an introvert, is talking really, really loud, there's a problem. <laughs> you don't have to be the expert to be able to go and solve it. You just need to know there might be something there to just tag someone in to go and help them. And I think the final thing I'd say is, look, we're all in this together, right? So this is the world of frenemies, if you want to think of anything. So if you're always about taking your competitor down against on the job, today's not about worrying about that. Matt's point and Liam's point as well is just don't put a call in. We're all human. Right? Yeah. We're going through the same challenges. And you never know, your call might actually be appreciated by someone else as well. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, 
Cool, right. Let's make sure we get some of these um, questions answered then. So top question right now, Will, Will's asked, if you're a consultant in this climate who has seen all their jobs put on hold and previously fruitful clients put on recruitment freezes, how would you go about building a new business right now? That That's that's tough. What what, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, my, my view on this, Will, I don't think there's a magic tree out there. There's, there's not a yeah. silver bullet. You're not going to turn a corner and find a, a bunch of jobs and everyone's in the same boat as that. There is still some business out there. Um, like I say, I'd, I'd be going after things that are relevant. You know, retail seems to be doing well as in the shops and food and uh, mobility, disaster recovery, certainly within um, from within an IT perspective. Contract as well. It, it's it's possible that, I don't know, Will, if Will's a, a perm guy, that he goes back to those clients and asks about what contractors they've taken on or at what particular time would they need to take additional resource on. Okay. Inter- and anything else to add to Kalpesh, what do you think about that? What how could someone go about you said you've had a lot of success in hard markets? What how could someone go about rebuilding some more opportunities to make money? So look, my, my, my starting point would be to Will is like, okay, and I don't know how long you've been um, doing recruitment or whether you're permanent contract, but look, the starting point is you always start off start off in the warmest place possible and then go out to being in the coldest place. So if you start with your existing customers, whether it's candidates or clients, and start working out from that network. That's one way out of doing it. The second way around is exactly what Matt said, find the hot industry. So if you think okay. about right now, you know, people, medical device companies, engineering companies, right? Um, any company right now around data to be able to make good informed decisions. AI is becoming mainstream. And I think we might have found a use for AI finally, you know, in terms of trying to help us map out some of these COVID um, trends coming through. Um, facilities, you know, there are people that, if you think about pop-up hospitals, there's some infrastructure, logistics. There's a whole yeah. heap of industries out there that are mission critical right now, and I don't underplay that, that will still need people. And need look, people, people, yeah. They're going to try and do it themselves, and that's fine. That happens in boom markets as well. But you know what? There's still definitely opportunities. And, and the big thing I'd say to you, Will, is if you're, if you're working as part of a team or you, you know, you're, you've got a leader above you, go and talk to your leader, go and ask questions, and also reset <clears> what the expectations are on you for the next week, two, three, four weeks as you build up your business again. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, next question. Chris Stringer. Um, uh, so what, so may, obviously maybe obviously Lee and Matt, like what, what, what data are you, obviously he said is, what data are you using to um, forecast for the next quarter? Fairly unique situation. So um, are there any barometers that you would use to forecast outside of current runners? Like how do you think about that? What what are the what are the sort of data points you you guys are looking at over constantly? So I think you know from our side of it, you've got to look at the markets you're in and the sectors you're in. Which one of those are going to be busy, and uh, how agile are you? How can you redeploy your staff internally to make sure you're focusing on those markets that are going to be busier? And then obviously base your forecast around that. Okay. Obviously, perm, perm's going to see a bigger hit in the uh, in the short term than contract uh we're quite fortunate in a lot of the sectors we work at that you know most of the contractors we have are still working so that's obviously good news for us but it's how can we then exploit those opportunities and make sure we're still filling jobs where you know the market's busy so for us it's going to be definitely perm taking a pretty heavy hit and contract will definitely be down, but uh, you know, not as much as perm. To, to give an exact figure, I don't think anyone right. knows where it's, it's such a unique situation. But 
you know, the, what, what we always do is uh, plan for the worst and hope for the best, really. What, what and what, how, what have you, like, perm wise, what, what have you, pl- like, what have you put in your six month plan for that? In, like? So you, you do, you know, when you do a cash flow forecast, you, you put different amounts of perm in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the worst one's obviously zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you yeah. know, I think it's good to know, you know, if you, if you have a, a cash flow forecast where you've got zero perm coming in, what at least you know what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at least, you know, everything's a bonus on that. And then, you know, varying various amounts, 20% above that, 40%, then 60 and, and onwards from there. So okay. you, you've got to map you've got to map out different scenarios and, you know, make sure Matt spoke about, you know, cash being king earlier. And you, you're going to see how long you can hold out in this period if things go bad for a longer period than we all hope. Matt, anything to add to that? Um, I, I know Chris, I know he's got an amazing business predominantly within the, the, the perm space. Around the around the forecasting, it is going to be difficult with with perm, as, as as Liam said. It's it's going to be closer to the zero mark. You know, it's going to be it's going yeah. to be low. Let, let's be blunt over the next couple of months in terms of what we sell. In terms of what we're doing around forecasts at the moment, um, because we are weighted more towards contract, it does make it easier. And we've got, uh, as I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the podcast, we've got a we now have a report that comes out every single week. So I'm looking. I'm able to tell which of my contractors are working. We're keeping in regular contact with them. Just picking up on what Kalpesh said, and probably this would be for a, for a Chris would be, if you are a perm-heavy business, start talking, these are your warm clients, start talking to them about their contractor usage and under what circumstances they would. Because if you start seeing signs or that they're giving those opportunities, you can forecast better on, on contract, which gives you some growth. Okay. Interesting. Um, and just on that, before um, Rob's question came through, which I'll ask you guys in a sec, like, yeah, how, so I've had this myself over the last couple of weeks, like, how, how do you go about, so Mike's question on how do you chase debt with clients who are probably inclining towards keeping cash in their bank accounts? I mean, sales calls feel a bit weird, but chasing for money must feel a bit <laughs> even uh, weirder. So like, what, what should, should people be doing that? I don't know. What? <laughs> Should people be chasing debt? I've got I've got an example of that. And yeah. um I'm naming no names. When I worked at a corporate business, one of our customers went bust. I mean, they were a huge company and then the bad debt was massive. And I got to know the uh, accounts payable person. I had a conversation with her afterwards and she said, Matt, we're in a difficult position towards the end, and we paid the smaller businesses first because we knew the impact it would have. Yeah. the big corporate we're at the bottom of the list now whether that's right or wrong legal or not i don't know but i think that if there is going to be any bad debts or clients are in that situation i think we as the directors and this is what you know Pesh said about the um the the the, you know, the, the, the business owners talking to, to these people we should be talking to the, the, the head of finance for these businesses and stressing we are we are small companies we're, we're privately yeah. owned um, and we need them to, to honour the, the payment terms. Can we force them to make payments to us? I, I, I don't think we can. I don't necessarily think this is the, the time to be issuing legal notices to them and charging <laughs> with interest and the late payment tax and all the rest of it. Yeah. I think I'll probably remember those agencies that can afford to give them payment terms and, uh, and support them with that. Yeah. Um, I'd, probably, I'd probably just say one, one last point as well, just on, on Mike's point is often when we we look at the debt that's outstanding we look at our client but i think it's really important to look at the supply chain so if our clients paid by their customer who is their end customer and how volatile is the industry that they work in yeah interesting Carl, anything to add 
I think there's two things. If I can just go back to the previous question really briefly for Chris as well about perm, or I think it was Will. Um, um, so there's two, one thing you can do on perm, and, and look, I, I wouldn't use this as your absolute tool right now, but keep it in your locker, right? So if you know where we're going over the next couple of weeks and things will start to become clearer, hopefully, anyway, um, but there's no harm in you being able to go to your best customers and saying, look, right? pay me a retainer for future business once things start getting good. If you know when people are going to turn around again and start hiring, there's no harm in you actually doing the prepaid, say, right, for future business, pay me now. And you might have to be flexible, right, to get someone to give you, give you money up front. But that might help you out with your cash flow in a period where it's, it's low or in decline. And it might mean that when you come out at the other end, you've got to do business a little bit cheaper in terms of placements, but uh, at least you've, it's got you out of the yeah. short term. It also gives you a reason to start pipelining and building candidate pools for opportunities that you know will be coming back as well, right? Rather okay. than that classic, oh, I might have a job coming up. It's, no, you're actually building stuff for something that's particular. And the same, same goes for contract as well. Um, the bit around cash flow, I think you look, this goes back to you have to put the calls in. You know, people are expecting these phone calls. Think about what you do in your personal life. If you are struggling, you know, you pay the people to keep your lights, your electricity, et cetera. You'd pay the most important people first that you deem are the most important. Companies are going to make those decisions every day. Yeah. They've got to understand how much money they've got. And you've got to just have a sensible conversation. I think, look, there will be some companies out there that will go the final demand legal route because they have no other options and they've got so far down the line, it's that or nothing and they're, out, they're in trouble. The other extreme is start having a conversation. Start having those part payment conversations, right? Yeah. Part payment is better than no payment. Yeah, um, I've definitely had those conversations and people yeah. really appreciate it as well. If you're in the position to be able to do that, do you know what I mean? It's you being empathetic and saying, look, if it does help, we can split this over two months, three months or whatever. Completely. If you can do that, then 100% have that conversation. And, and I think it goes back down to, right, we've talked about it a few times. If you're the leader, the owner, the director, etc., your job is to get in the trenches with your people and put those calls into your customers. You can't rely on your consultant, no matter how experienced, to go, please give me the money because my boss is after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do. yeah. Um, so being authentic is key as well. You know, it's yeah, like really that. important about this. Um, so great, great question coming from, from um, Rob Hanna. Um, interested to get your thoughts on this. So what, what do you think recruiters, business owners in the current climate should not be doing to preserve their authentic personal brand on and offline what do we think about that <clears throat> good question yeah because i think i don't know i would yeah. say i would say just not what everyone else is doing uh i don't know but i just think i've never seen linkedin busier at the moment with uh pictures of people's laptops yeah. uh so i think my best advice would be if you're going to do something, make it interesting, you know, make it add value to someone. Not everybody wants to just have a look at a picture of your laptop on your desk at home. It's great <laughs> and it's good fun, but you know, what's it, what's it really adding? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think don't, if the, if the question is what should you not be doing, I would say just don't follow the herd. Yes. Don't follow the herd. Yeah. Cause, cause I think from my perspective is, it's, it's, it's tough for me. I've seen a lot of, um, People obviously I, I empathise because they're in a difficult situation, but people who have had to be let go for whatever reason, and a lot it's quick easy to point the finger at leaders and say they they banished me very quickly or they made a cutthroat decision straight away. And I think 
obviously it works both ways, but I think I've, I saw a lot of that over the last couple of weeks of unfortunately a lot of people have been made redundant, but also a lot of people saying that a lot of leaders in the industry just cut loads of people really quickly, didn't give them a chance. And that's obviously hard for you guys to make decisions like that. Like I think it's important to be empathetic towards you guys who have to make super difficult decisions. Um, one of the things I'd say on this, and Hisham, you're, you're the you're the branding guy, right? So you're you know, and I, I know you've given me some advice as well. But the key thing I would explain to everyone as they're going through this journey, and I think that question is a really good one, um, Rob Anna. But just remember, at the end of this, the way I always look at it is, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, it's a good, great right? question to ask. Yourself. And if you want to be remembered as the chump who keeps putting things out there that gets yeah. you in trouble then fine <laughs> but also remember your personal integrity as well so you know what if you're looking for a job by all means it's okay to put out there but i would probably leave the personal personal digs and stuff like that offline yeah not in a public domain because you've got to remember once it's out there it's out there and you've got no control about where it goes yeah and and i think that i think um i think we were talking a bit about this before liam like just quite loosely but I mean, look, Scott, like Scott's prime example question now, I think approaching it in the right way where Scott Evans, unfortunately, has been um, put on temporary lay, but started a recruitment recently and he's thinking, right, how can I still add value to a company from home and continue to, to develop as a consultant? So if you found yourself in a difficult spot now where um, you have been obviously put on that temporary leave, um, what, what, could people, what could recruiters be doing to upskill themselves instead of well i'm sure they can volunteer and get involved in the nhs and things like that but like i don't know what what could these consultants do to continue that um they stay they can do everything that they can uh, as a recruit it's all about it's all about mindset really yeah you know, the way you've got to the way you've got to look at it is it's an opportunity mm. so the the world we live in now and the training resources that are available to people who are at home you know 10 years ago the things that are, can happen now just wouldn't have been possible so the way we've been talking about it is keeping yourself match fit. You know, okay, you, nice. you, you can train, but you can't play. So, you know, you could get called back off the bench at any time and get back into the game, but you need to keep yourself match fit and ready to go, really. Love uh, that. Make, sure, that. make sure you're looking after yourself. Make sure you're still, you know, keeping in a bit of a routine, doing your exercise, looking after your mental health, but also upskill yourself. And there's so many training courses out there that you can access online. Keep doing all of those as well yeah that's awesome man. i really like that keep yourself match fit that's a great way to pull it what, what anything to add to that matt like what would you be doing if you were a consultant that was found yourself in that position I mean, we, we haven't put anyone in that position we've got no plans to but i think one of the things to add is if people are off they're not supposed to be working for their employer yeah yeah so you know they, they can't be resourcing they can't be talking to people because the employer will get themselves in trouble just to be clear on that what they can do is personal development so yeah. I totally agree with everything we said earlier. There's some great books out there, some great stuff online. You know, start reading that, sharing it, read some good books, get your mental health in a, in a good place, I'd say. Yeah. there's You can read about new and emerging markets, but in terms of market mapping, talking to these people, then it's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, you can't without do that. HMRC breathing down your neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Which you don't so, want. You definitely don't want that. <laughs> how, so how, 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 do we, um, how do we see this evolving then, chaps? Obviously, if we were to have a, a – um, to predict this, what do we think? What, how, do, how long do we think this is going to go on? Obviously, no one knows, but what, what are your sort of thoughts on how this is going to plan out? We've got a UV and an S, haven't we, on this one, Jim? <laughs> Based on the earlier chat. Glass, glass crystal ball, what, what do we think yeah. can happen? Yeah. Shall I go first? 
Yeah, yeah. My gut feel on this is I think this is going to be like the recession of 2008, 2010. So there was talk of a slowdown. The definition of a recession is two economic, two quarters economic slowdown. I think what we've seen is companies cut deep. I think we've seen the economy fall off a cliff. Um, I think people are going to be quarantined. I, I don't think this is going to be three weeks. I think it's going to be six weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that. Oh, my God, that scares me. I, I think we're going to come out of it, and I think there's going to be spend and confidence, and I think we're going to peak and come down a little bit and come out of it again. That's my gut feel. So I just think it's going to be slow, steady investment. I think if you're a recruitment owner and the, the, the sun is shining in three months and it feels confidence, don't go all out and just hire a ton of people because – Let's just steadily see what happens. So that, that's my gut feel. Steadily but, see what happens, yeah. yeah. I, I would say my, I think we're in this for two months of, of, of a lockdown. Yeah. Tough times. Is, um, and I, I think we're probably going to see four, maybe six months of, um, of, of slower growth or flatline mm. maybe. Liam, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Matt definitely on the uh, on the downside. I'd love to think it's going to be three weeks, but uh, unfortunately, it probably will be a bit longer than that for all of us. So, uh, but perhaps slightly more optimistic on the upside. I think you know, having gone through it in two thousand and eight as well, that there were a lot of underlying economic conditions that led to that collapse. You know, the the, the underlying economy will still be strong and the demand will still be there. So, you know, particularly in the infrastructure sectors that we work in. You know, those projects are all, they still need to be built and the demand is still there. So I'm slightly more optimistic about a, of a, a bit of a bigger bounce on the uh, on the upswing when it does kick nice. in. Nice, like that. Kalpesh? So I, I think we're, um, okay, the, the optimist in me says, you know what, hopefully we'll start seeing some shoots um, moving forwards by the end of May-ish, you know, hopefully. But I think the realistic thing is, and this is, I don't want to be the guy that bursts everyone's bubble, but you have to be prepared to say this is the long haul. And I, you know, I think we were talking about, I looked at something called the Visual Capitalist. It's a great website if anyone wants to do some research on graphs, but you've got a V-shaped um, bounce, you've got a U-shaped bounce and an S-shaped bounce. I actually think, along with Matt, this could be a double dip um, in terms of where we're going with this. But um be cautious, but also be optimistic. And being optimistic means look at where you can pivot your business to still keep growing, right? It doesn't mean you have yeah. to go and hire 150 people. What it does mean is where, where are the opportunities with your customers? Where are the opportunities in your markets, right? But also talk to your people because, you know, your people are out there talking to a number of people in their networks. Where are they finding opportunities? Yeah, and that was going to be, I just wanted to sort of do before we finish, chaps, is like, and obviously you guys have have been through this and, and, and built towards obviously bouncing back. So like how, what what are the thoughts on sort of people approaching building or coming to the bounce to get ready for hopefully what will be a, a great upside and sort of, yeah, get back to normal or whatever. But like how should people be best preparing for the bounce back, do you think? So I'm going to say the first, I'll take this one if that's okay, Chas. My, my first thing is before you worry about the external world, I'm going to steal something from Matt, is it all about make sure you're ready. Yeah. That's physical, whether it's mental, whether you're doing a Joe Wicks PE workout, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, but you've got to look after yourself because you don't know when that opportunity is going to come through. So look after your mental health yeah. and your physical health. Then the second part of it is just un- be, be understanding what's going on with your market, Read the press, read the paper, look at opportunities, look at what industries are starting to talk about good stuff. Um, 
you know, there's so much information out there. Yeah, caution the note, watch the fake news. But <laughs> there are some good stuff coming. Look around the world where if there's any economies further down the line than we are, then look at what's going on in those countries. Where are the opportunities coming through? Right. Okay. Um, but I think the two things, yeah, you'd look after yourself. Number one, you've got to be match fit. And the second thing is just start looking at opportunities around the world and go, right, how does that relate to what we're doing here? And then the final one is if you stay close to your customers, your customers will tell you when they're ready. They'll give you enough warning as well. Yeah. Okay. Matt, anything to add? Um, I I love what Kelpesh said there, focus on us firstly. It sounds selfish, but we've got to understand as as the business owners, the leaders, the managers, whatever, what we want. It might be growth, but we might not want a 500 million pound turnover business what why do we want it and how are we going to go about doing that and i think once that's in place for me the next most important thing is the existing people that we've got so are they happy they've probably just come out of they'll have come out of a war you know really yeah. tough time so let's get let's invest in those guys firstly um, yeah make, make, make sure they're happy and then we look at how we further grow and what we do with the business yeah nice so really focus on yeah i like that liam what about you what are you thinking about you know, brilliant from, from brilliant advice from these guys. It, it, always a big believer on, you know, again, a bit selfish, but put your own oxygen mask on first. Uh, yeah. Don't try to be help everyone else. And, you know, I, I've been a victim of that before. And, you know, if you're not match fit yourself, everyone else is going to see that and everyone else is going to get the knock on effect from it. So, yeah, looking after yourself, definitely key. And going back to what Calpesh said as well. I think different areas of the world are kind of going to come out of this at different times. So that will naturally create opportunity, you know, be fit mm. and, agile and make sure you're ready to take advantage of those opportunities, no matter where they are in the globe. The world's a small place now. So, you know, don't, don't limit your horizons at all. Yeah. Great point. Um, cool. Well, look, honestly, guys, thank you um, so much for your time. Uh, I think, hopefully I'd like to think a lot of people got value out of this. If, anyone again just really open to people's feedback how you're finding this hopefully you all found it really useful and um, thank you for um giving us your time on uh this uh sunny afternoon we really appreciate it but um if if anyone does want to reach out or ask any question or anything are you, are you guys happy for people to reach out and just drop your note best place on linkedin for these yeah, people, yeah. Right? Cool. anyone okay cool all right well, um, look, yeah, thanks, you guys, uh, for your time, chaps, and um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.